You are now listening to episode 67 of Hello Hello Kopi Camilo podcast with your boy Milo Fico and today's guest is one and only Anwar This guy is a podcaster, a musician, an actor, a husband, a creator, a creative person all in all and so goddamn inspiring bro this podcast is for the firing creators out there listen to it on spotify or youtube up to you thank you so much for tuning in enjoy breath back and see Alright, this is Hello Hello Kopi Kamilo Podcast and today we have Mr. Anwar Hadi. Hello. The person, the the all-rounder, creative, human, soul being. I'm a more round of a person than I was a couple years ago. <laughs> For those listeners who don't know who you are, man, how would you describe yourself? I would describe myself as a, just a regular-ass Malay dude. Who who's trying, man? Like you work so hard, you work. Why do you say that? <laughs> I because because I feel like it's not easy to be a teacher, mm. and then to cross over to be a performer. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think I think in certain aspects, what teachers do is perform, <laughs> because you know if you think about it, teachers are there on a stage if you'd like, and teachers have an audience mm. and they're trying to deliver something to the audience uh chuma as a teacher and what made me unhappy as a teacher was what i was trying to deliver <laughs> and um the audience that i had to deliver that material mm. to I, i just uh and and the i guess the powers that be that forced me to deliver what i had to deliver to who i had to deliver and the whole kind of system lah so macam uh i did kind of think of uh, teaching as a kind of performance and i guess that allowed me to stick with it mm. with for um you know up to four years because that was my contract and uh, i had to get through those four years somehow <laughs> so i right. had to, so i i guess i tricked myself into thinking that i was somehow performing Uh, and uh, you know i found little pockets of of uh, you know being able to uh, do that i guess in front of uh, kids um but you know when when it's time to move on it's time to move on you know You're right how how are you like as a person man how how do you f- how does it feel like to be anwar hadi behind uh, the performer I mean behind the character that you're playing in life i think it's 80% being really sleepy <laughs> 20% being hungry man that's it that's 100% <laughs> me man i think la i i don't know if people would disagree have you always been this performer or, or, or have you always had this voice deep in, back in your mind that you wanted to perform um i don't know um uh, thinking back did i ever really want to perform I I I can't really be sure because um, maybe my earliest memory of wanting to perform was back uh, in primary school right um we had choral speaking dulu dekat SK Iskandar and you know dajah dajah tiga you know 
when I was nine, and some of my friends would get picked to do choral speaking, and myself, I saw these people getting to go to, uh, you know, choral speaking practice and not go to class and not have to attend class the classes that I had to go to, and, and I was so jealous. I was like, wait a minute. Why do I have to be in class and they get to go have fun over there? Yeah, I want to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably my first much um memory of having a desire to uh, to perform. But that's purely out of la- my laziness, lah. Mm. I don't want to be in class and learn and do right. all this homework. I mean, all the all the subjects are boring, anyways. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, almost all of them. Uh, for me, at least, I I don't think I like being in school a lot. Mm. But I did try very hard. Um, but um, it never really occurred to me to do performance art or any kind of performing in front of people uh, until probably my early twenties, which you know was about 10 years ago um and that was performing in front of a camera really I, i don't know if i could perform in front of real people quite yet uh but i do remember being small i don't know how old i was but i was watching like harry potter one the movie not the book i've never read the books because uh, you know blasphemy and everything uh but I do remember watching the Harry Potter one movie and sort of repeating everything that they had to say. When Daniel, small little baby Daniel Radcliffe said anything and I would repeat after him and then Hermione would say something and I would say the same thing and I would just repeat everything they had to say. And and I, I've, I've noticed that I still do that to this day. I, I do like to repeat what is being said on screen and i have to much i'm you know consciously stop myself from doing it which i'm no no this is annoying to the people around you <laughs> stop <laughs> you know and you know just enjoy the goddamn movie <laughs> don't <laughs> don't try to act in your you know when nobody's watching <laughs> uh but yeah i those are some of my earliest memories of uh wanting to perform lab but i do also remember being uh, very much an introverted child um my my aunts mm-hmm. i guess mm-hmm. uh tell me that i used to be a rather talkative small kid um back when i was i was born in kelantan and i was apparently i was very talkative i don't remember this Um, and then when I was six, I moved with my parents to New Zealand because my father did his uh, TESOL degree in University of Otago, New Zealand, and he brought the whole f- the whole family along. So I got to be in school there for two years. And then when we came back, um, m- my parents initially wanted to go back to Kelantan. Uh, but there were no like teaching or job openings there, so my father uh, decided to move to Kedah, mm. and the whole family moved to Kedah. And when I arrived in Kedah, uh, th- these are kind of my earliest memories of being 
uh, human. I do have one or two memories before that, but not very clear ones. Mm. And they're very short. But in in these parts, I I remember having thoughts, and and those thoughts were of being very very much um shy and not wanting to talk. And I think that was probably the start of my introvertedness, quote unquote, right. hashtag introvert life. <laughs> um, because I remember thinking, much um, oh my god, all these other people they're speaking a language, you know, the Kedah language that I do not speak. I speak Kelantan and I speak English. Wow. I do not speak standard Malay. I do <laughs> not speak the Utara Malay that these guys are speaking. Uh, so I was very very quiet because I did not want to be made fun of because you can't speak English yeah. <laughs> in Alustar as a you know nine year old <laughs> because you would ma- be made fun of and I was made fun of and you can't you couldn't speak uh, Kelantan apatah lagi kan you know lagi teruk kena kena made fun of so I was quiet the whole time which I'm the whole you know when I was eight nine. 10 I just did not have friends um, and I just remember keeping a lot of things to myself and being quiet uh, up to a point where uh, when I started making videos in my early 20s my former teachers would watch these those videos and they would say macam Anwar you speak more in one video than you spoke for 5 years in school damn I I and I realized this I do not I did not sorry I did not talk a whole lot in school at all mm. so it's no wonder that none of my teachers chose me for chorus speaking uh, because I didn't say anything yeah because you know so in your head yeah it's right. all in my head uh, now she's touching his chest now do you know that song what song uh, Mr Brightside oh yeah yeah head. killers yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I never got chosen for debate. I never got chosen for uh, uh, what's another thing that I like drama, you know, theater stuff. Because you know, nobody saw any kind of performy talents in me. Because I never, you don't show it. I never showed it. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I just uh, thought it, mm. felt it, and never uh, took took any actions on mm. the feelings that I had. Yeah. Are you the eldest in your family? Yes, I am. I am the eldest of four brothers. Mm. How does it how does it feel like being different in from that sense of trying to adapt from Kelantan to New Zealand, from New Zealand to Halostar? Was that difficult? Um, Or was it a tran- was it an automatic transition that you don't even remember? Um, I don't think it was very automatic. Okay. I I do remember from being a Kelantan boy to a Kelantan boy in New Zealand mm. six years old and seven years old I do remember macam my English wasn't very good at all uh, so I do remember really wanting to learn uh, really wa- looking up to some of my friends who were very smart I still remember one of their names now at least you know Christopher Christopher was this young know, handsome white boy who who was smart and you know which I'm, I don't know if he ever got number satu dalam kelas or whatever <laughs> but it felt like that yeah. you know which I'm, oh I have to be like Christopher oh, right. you know in my small child brain um and uh I 
uh, I really wanted to learn and I don't think I was very good at English when I arrived in New Zealand but uh, I think by the time I left New Zealand I had a grasp of the language already mm. um, and I think it's at that age you know six and seven is you know prime time to learn languages right? yeah. I think like, it's my, my assumption is that like. and when one is immersed in it which I'm everybody around you is speaking English you're bound to pick it up I yeah. think okay just but just through osmosis <laughs> science uh, and uh, and then I had to transition again from being this Kelantan boy who could speak English a little bit to being a Kedah boy, that was a lot harder lah, mm. I think for me. I was a lot more insecure. Mm. Uh, I was a lot more shy and not uh, confident in myself. Like, um, oh, all these people seem to know what they were doing and all these people seem to have friends already. I'll just be friends with my brother lah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I entered primary school in Malaysia uh, in Dajah Dua mm. so I remember thinking macam I can't wait for next year when I'm Dajah Tiga and my little brother masuk Dajah Satu oh, because then I'd have a friend okay, wow. <laughs> in this school <laughs> you know I get to walk to school with my uh, brother uh, because you know uh, I just I just didn't have any friends so that, that so you stayed in Alosa throughout your Teenage years as well. Uh, yeah, I I I I was in SK Iskandar, Alustar from standard two to standard six. Mm. Then I moved on to secondary school in College Utado Hamid, form one to form five. And uh, yeah, that's where I did my SPM. Mm. So music, music came about first, right? Music did come about. Uh, Guitar. Yeah, yeah, I I. I was friends. Much um, I had, by the time I was uh, in standard five, I had a, a group of friends that like I a w- band. No, I no? mean they eventually be, uh, became a band. Okay. Uh, but at the time, we just liked each other, <laughs> and uh, we seemed to like each other's much. Mu- uh, I'm tasting music too. Wow. Uh, particularly much. I'm um, sync, Backstreet Boys, Linkin Park, mm. those kinds of things. That were playing on uh, the radio and MTV at the time, and I remember going to school and you know writing Linkin Park lyrics on pieces of paper, yeah. uh, and uh, you know singing along. Which year were you born? Eighty-eight. Uh, I was born in nineteen ninety. Oh, okay, cool. Nineties yeah, baby. Yeah, uh, and uh, they kind of uh, introduced me to more a, a wider listening experience mm. and uh, they had older brothers who were heavily involved in music also so they got to learn how to pick up instruments rather early mm. so by the time I got my first guitar when I was 16 uh, they were already much like, <laughs> wow. uh, so, so all these things doesn't just happen in the urban area it's also happening all over across Malaysia I, I guess Again. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they much like, I, I I would sit into their jamming sessions and 
they would be so good and so terror and macam ram de pun pandai lah main and i would just you know be trying to get myself to play an a minor chord yeah. <laughs> which was such a struggle uh for for the longest time but uh, that group of people you know shahe ammar fauzi they were the ones who uh inspired me i guess uh to learn how to play an instrument juga mm. because i want uh, you know i like them a lot and i wanted to be their friends uh, and since they were so heavy into music i wanted to be heavy into music too so that i could belong yeah you know? yeah uh, so macam i listened to what they listened to i i learned how to play the songs that they played and stuff like that so all of this happened i i presume after school right Uh, like after after school session after school hours, so yeah. in school like were you a serious person were you a serious um kid uh, i wanted to do well okay I, i i definitely wanted to do well i was raised to believe that i had to do well uh and so that I, resulted in a scholarship and all yeah, yeah. uh spm I, right yeah cool. uh, one of my much um, life goals at the time at 17 was to get a study scholarship because mm. I was really determined not to be dependent on my parents financially after 18. I really wanted to make my own way financially after 18. And so getting a scholarship was very important to me because mm. I, you know, my parents were school teachers and I went, you know, I grew up seeing them being not you know orang yang tak senang mm. you know people who weren't well off they they weren't living in poverty or anything like that but we knew that we couldn't afford KFC every week or anything like that right. you know so, so i mean it's just nice but it's not a luxury it, uh, right yeah, so, yeah. so KFC is like a party is yeah, yeah it's it's an annual it was an annual thing which i'm yeah. getting to eat KFC or McD or Pizza Hut hmm. that was a once a year type thing because you know normal food is uh, nasi putih ikan you know ikan temenung goreng hmm. uh, sayur optional <laughs> yeah, yeah you know so so it was uh, that kind of life so i i knew that i i didn't want to menyusahkan them anymore uh for as early as i could and i thought as early as i could was 18 lah and you did it i guess through uh, a scholarship yeah, i mean I, i somehow got a scholarship to do uh teaching english uh, to speakers of other languages is she english and you studied abroad i did it was a twinning program mm. uh it, it was a twinning program between uh, teacher training uh, institute in penang uh, and macquarie university sydney australia nice yeah i entered that program in 2008 graduated oh, graduated later i finished the program in 2013 Nice. Mm. So that means so that resulted in a four-year bond. Yeah, the the so whole scholarship was uh, four years. Four-year bond of teaching. Yes, I had yeah. to be in uh, the Ministry of Education service for four years. Wow. Okay. So when when did it all begin for your sort of like first exposure online? Mm-hmm. When you realize like people are saying not to notice my work, your work, like your your blog or perhaps the early days of twitter how was that like how was the whole um process like 
um so i started making uh yeah i started making videos uh because i was watching a lot of videos mm. i was watching a lot of youtube videos by ryan higa by wizzy waiter by uh shane dawson by yeah, felicity franco yeah wizzy yeah, waiter is uh, og yeah yeah uh and he's still making them and he's still killing it mm. uh he still inspires me to this day um and uh yeah so i was watching a lot of youtube videos almost every day no no literally every mm-hmm. day and uh i thought macam oh best ya alangkah indahnya kalau i could be part of this community too yeah uh, and uh i tried to look around for malaysian youtubers i i found two 2013 2014 2010 2010 uh 20 no 2009 and to uh, 2010 i found two i found afik din and i found maria elena izarul mm. um uh and i thought when well <laughs> well t- next to nobody's doing this what the uh so i thought when uh i wanted to be the pa- a part of the community so bad i started making videos of my own like i had friends in uh teacher training institute who also were starting to make videos as well uh and i thought when okay if these guys could do it why can you why can i yeah and um there are a lot of reasons why but i disregarded them uh, <laughs> and i did them anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh and you know i was privileged enough to uh get uh you know a camera for my uh 20th birthday uh i was privileged enough to have a laptop to edit my videos uh and i just did it Mm. and i started posting on youtube uh b- because i wanted you know strangers to watch it and tell me how bad i was and you did it you did <laughs> cross over how what was the the first video you think that got attention the first video that got a lot of int- uh, more attention than i thought because you know back then you know th- my first handful of videos probably 50 people were watching it they were all my friends and family uh shout out Shout out <laughs> shout out my friends to the early to the early ones yeah. early early subscribers yeah <laughs> uh, uh yeah my early patreons <laughs> and uh but this one video in particular uh, it it was i was talking about Anna Rafali and how she had just won uh, an anugrah juara lagu i think and how people on the internet were saying bad things about her winning and they said you know she didn't deserve it or whatever and i kind of spoke out against that and i thought which I'm, you know you can disagree but saying all these mean things which I'm, they're just mean why do you have to be mean mm-hmm. uh and uh um who was it lisa surihani i think picked up on it she sort of tweeted that video and tagged anara fali in it Damn. Uh, i don't know how she she found it yeah. um i don't even know if she remembers uh but thank you lisa sihani i know you subscribe to this podcast <laughs> um, <laughs> okay shout out to lisa sihani yes. for tuning in <laughs> as she does every week uh and uh tiba-tiba the views from being 40 to 50 tiba-tiba jadi like in the thousands mm. you know when it reached like a thousand i was like wow mm. this is crazy 
and um and then but still it was just much um oh whatever mm. i was still making videos in my uh in my bedroom in bidong you know and uh but then i made a video after that that was my sixth video on the on the youtubes it was a critique against uh text language I, uh, what year were you born? 92. 92. So you might remember that the bahasa you did you bahasa what? Bahasa you. So macam uh instead of saying kita K I T A people would type in their SMSs K I T E W. Oh okay. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, 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 that? yeah. I did it too. Okay. <laughs> But I I made a video which I'm right. speaking out against it. Which I'm this language that people oh. that we use in the texts don't make sense. Yeah. Which I'm if it's definitely not about, you know, being economic with your mm. characters. It sounds weird and it's 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 just much I'm why i don't see why anybody would do this yeah um uh, and i don't think that it's cute <laughs> but i did it anyway i don't know why and then you got traction uh, as well and then uh, and then that one got uh traction um it's still to this day my most viewed video of all time mm. uh interesting you know just to say that i am way past my prime <laughs> And I am a has been. You're on different lanes now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, and that one people people uh, really responded to that mm. one uh, positively, mostly positively. Mm. Uh, I'm very thankful that it was mostly positive uh, responses that I got from it. Uh, but there was a handful of negative responses to it as. Anything you put on the internet will get. I think, which um, if it reaches a wide enough audience, You'll then get. you're gonna get people who don't like that stuff. Mm. And you know, it's just uh, the way of the internet. That's how do you how do you deal with that in the early days, though? Um, because uh, it will be different now. Now that you went through quite a year, number of years, <laughs> but but the early ones, like, how do you just ignore? It? I I don't think it's it's easy to just ignore it. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't think that it's easy, um, but I ignored it anyway. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why I had this kind of thinking even in my early twenties. Um, I just really believe that trolls uh, just want attention, mm. and if you give them any kind of response, it's the attention that they want, and any kind of response is a win for them you know any kind of reaction pun it's a win for them so how i try to not let them win is to buat tak tahu and if i buat tak tahu even though much like, i'm on this side of the screen i'm so hurt and yeah, I, yeah. i'm crying myself to sleep and whatever <laughs> but if i don't respond on the internet they don't see that i'm hurt mm. <laughs> and they won't get that sense yeah, yeah yeah you know so uh, i i just don't give in and mm. I, i don't know why even at that early age i had the wherewithal to think it think in that way mm. but i i did Oh, as oh, oh. as your as your video views increase, right? Does the social media followings increase simultaneously, yeah, or do do you have much. to 
cross promote do you no i didn't have you just the awareness to think about that yeah. at all <laughs> yeah. i i i yeah social media strategy even to this day is a is a, a very big blind spot for me which I'm, i don't yeah social media is not my strength at all mm. i just know how to uh Uh, pretend to talk about stuff that's all <laughs> i guess i guess patience is the number one key to to your success i feel because like with with teachings with like you you relate it to performing right yeah but how how do you cope with the system you know what i mean because like looking at you and trying to analyze you from the outside in um you are quite creative and quite ha- independent you have an independent way of thinking thank you for saying that yeah and and look looking at those system and structure of the education you have to follow certain rules certain um uh scope is it is it is that a scope um like parameters parameters like how you teach them what to teach them yeah how do you cope with that knowing knowing you're such a free spirited soul because uh, four years is a long time and you did not have a choice and i'm sure it's a inclined battle to do like to you know people always throw around words saying that do what you love do what you love but you are stuck in that point of time yeah how do you motivate yourself to keep on grinding keep on doing what you sort of not love yeah get, uh, get over to the other side Uh, in that in that specific instance about how i stayed on as a teacher mm. for four years yeah um um a lot of it was much um a lot of it was looking forward to the end of the four years much um as much as i'd like to think that it might have lasted forever because every day felt like forever yeah shit. um but I I tend to macam look back on my life and and think about macam think I try to think back to you know tingkatan 1 sampai tingkatan 4 was that a very long time for me you know now that I'm you know 24 25 26 was 13 to 16 a very long time it wasn't sebenarnya in hindsight it was just yeah you know I can barely remember you know yeah. five things that happened <laughs> back then right yeah so but it felt long though at that but time but at the time it yeah. felt long so much like, i i was confident that even though i'm in it right now and i'm i'm i have to go to school every day right now and i have to you know be miserable right now i know that at the other end of this hill it's gonna seem sekejap mm and i have to believe that that is what it's going to feel like when it ends and so i just remind myself that that's the reality lah because macam i guess einstein was right time is relative holy shit <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, it might seem like forever now mm-hmm. but in the future it's going to seem like sekejap mm. you know and and you know now that i'm you know Uh, am I two years past it now? Something you know. Mm. I'm a year and a half, a year and a half afterwards. It's, it's okay. Mm. It's it was fine. 
Right. You know, it was not fun while it was happening, but now that I'm here, it was like, okay, sure. W- would that be your advice for people who are stuck in doing the things that they don't really want to do? Just stick with it for a little bit more. Um, would, would it help or if, stop? And if, if 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 they can see a way out, much like for myself, again, I'm a very. You ask me how I would describe myself. I would describe myself as a very privileged Malay boy, Malay Muslim boy in Malaysia. Very privileged, and on top of that, I had the privilege even while teaching. I had the privilege of a way out. Mm. Um, I had the privilege of already having an audience on the internet. Yeah, you know, um, and that's a huge advantage. Which I'm, uh, I think back, or maybe I think to some kid. Who's 24 and baru masuk pekerjaan sekolah and has just discovered that they hate it. Yeah. They don't have this internet thing to turn to. Yeah. You know, not in the way that I had it. Much I'm, I, you know, I went into the teaching job already with 60,000 subscribers. Not a lot of people can do uh, can say that they have that mm. and can lean on that and say much I'm oh after. I teach. I'm going to do that, lah. Yeah. You know, not everybody can say that, and and that's not that's not even half my responsibility. Uh, my, uh, what kind of responsibility? That's not even half my burden. Uh, the my contribution. Um, you know, I didn't do it by myself. Mm. You know, that 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 those numbers. Was because people paid enough attention to me, mm. you know. And if people just decided to not pay attention to me, I I think I would still be a teacher today. Mm. And I would still hate it. Yeah. And I would just tak tahu, tak tahu, where am I going next? Mm. Because I have zero places to turn to yeah. and feel safe, mm. you know. Because because. At the end of the day, nowadays lah, do do like back in my parents' days, teachers were f- severely underpaid. Mm. Now they're just underpaid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 so now teachers can afford to live uh, a lot more comfortably than my parents did back when they were teachers. Um, but so. I probably would have been too afraid of letting go of that financial security that teaching gave me, that teaching full-time job mm. gave me, um, because I didn't know what I could do next. Uh, but being myself, I knew that there was that opportunity of doing this internet video performing stuff full-time. In in some way, I didn't know that you know producing for the lucky right now would be a thing at all. Yeah. I but I did know that I have a, I had a certain skill set. I had I knew how to write. I knew how to make videos. I knew how to shoot. I knew how to edit. Um, and I knew how to speak in front of a camera. Mm. Um, at least in the way that I do it. Mm. Um, and I knew that I had a catalog. Of, of past works, yeah. Macam people can see that I make stuff, 
and I have already made stuff and people have already watched my stuff. Uh, so I have all these proven skill sets that I can sandar on. So if anything, if people, if anybody who's listening or watching this thinking which I'm, oh shit, I don't like where I am right now. I, I, if I had to quote unquote advice, advise them to do anything, it's think about what you actually do want to do. Think about what are the skill sets that you need to be able to do what you want to do to full time and work on acquiring those skill sets. Macam if you want to be a writer full time, but you've never written even a blog post, then maybe start a blog and start writing and yeah. start putting your work out there mm. and prove to people even before anyone hires you that you can write yeah you know stuff like that mm. okay so so the transition from teaching to going full uh, full on acting is that was that a transition like you went to acting class yeah. specifically right Yeah, I'm going to them right now. Right. Uh, this is part of the acting class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so acting like I'm on a podcast. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, I mean, how were you aware that you needed these? Um, okay, you want you wanted to make videos, right? How is acting a skill that you need to acquire for your next journey? Uh, well, I. Back when I was, you know, struggling as a teacher and feeling like every day was forever and mm. I was miserable and I was destined to be miserable forever, <laughs> um, I thought about, okay, so now I am very sure that I don't want to be a teacher anymore. What do I want to be? <laughs> and I had to think about that for probably two years. Uh, I didn't know. So four years in the same school. In, no, no, in two no, schools. Two schools. Okay. I taught. Uh, I taught. I taught uh, in one school in uh, Bandar Baru Perda, Pinang, and then another school in Shalam, mm. Selangor. Would that be easier? Would that Would that be a more lightening experience? The uh, compared to Pinang, mm. I thought it would. Oh, nope. Okay, <laughs> it was just as bad. <laughs> I still didn't like it. <laughs> uh, but uh, the school that I taught in Shahlam, at least, uh, the the students punya English proficiency higher lah. Mm. That's what I found. But even when the all the kids in the classroom understand you when you speak English. You know, teaching is a lot more than knowing how to speak English, mm. and that skill set I just never got good at. Mm. I just never found the way to do it in a way that both satisfied the students' need to learn and my need to be uh, good. Mm. <laughs> at teaching. I mean, teaching in school is a, is a is a challenge. I feel absolutely right, and you have went through that challenge. I guess it's like you can you can be proud of it. You can say that you went through it. I can. Because not many people signed up for it, yeah. and or ever will. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I was proud. I don't. I. I looking back at it, I definitely feel like I could have done a much better job, because I was terrible. <laughs> I was not a good teacher at all, and that sort of added 
to my reasoning as to why quitting would be a good idea mm. lah because macam at least if I quit there would be one less terrible teacher in classrooms <laughs> you know uh, so I thought that was a good idea and I guess that sort of fed into why I never wanted to improve juga mm. because if I actually got good then I would feel like macam alamak I'm taking away one good teacher from these students yeah. and I don't want to do that yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. take away a bad teacher yeah. <laughs> so I stayed being bad maybe maybe that was what I was doing oh terrible Anwar <laughs> uh, but I was I was determined um, but but so back to what I was saying earlier when I was all After the two years of thinking what I wanted to be, I came up with three things. I wanted to be a full-time writer, full-time musician, mm-hmm. and full-time actor. At once. Yeah. Either one. At once. Any one of them Anyone. would be nice, okay. but the dream would be all three at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the top of that list, if macam if I had to choose between the three, which one would I choose? I would choose full-time actor. Uh, so having that in mind I knew that I needed to be very good at acting <laughs> so uh, to be very good at acting I thought signing up for a class would be a good idea lah. Mm. Yeah. yeah which is why I'm in a class right now yeah I mean like now now that you're in the class do you think like more practical hands-on practice performing in front of an audience helps more than going to class Or I guess a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of both. Mm. I think learning happens when you think critically about what you do, and I think those, you know, those classroom sessions allow you to think critically about what you're doing in on stage or when you're performing in front of an audience or a camera, and you're analyzing yourself and you're finding out ways in which you can do it either differently. And hopefully better, mm. you know. So, I think there is an element of learning on the job. There's also an element of learning at a desk that's also very important. Mm. Okay. So, what's your per- first ever performance on stage as a theatre actor? Oh, um, it was uh, in teacher training actually. Mm. That this is what informed me of much. Oh, oh, oh. I actually really love this thing. Uh, it was um, staging of a play called Leila Mayang. Uh, one day in my third semester of foundation, what Tessel, a lecturer of mine said, "Macam buat audition for this play that Ooh. she wanted to put up." And I thought, "Macam audition." I've always wanted to uh, perform. Yeah. I I remember, you know, trying to be Harry Potter yeah. <laughs> in front of the TV. Uh, and so, much I went for it. I went for the audition, read the thing, tried to perform. I uh, tried to get the role of the lead. So nama play tu ialah Leila Mayang. So I. Leila Mayang adalah dua orang Leila lelaki Mayang perempuan mm. And I tried to audition For the role of Leila Didn't get Leila I got uh, Leila punya older brother Andak Which was uh, A rather significant role lah Just not the lead Macam one of the Supporting roles Because when I Was told Macam Oh Anwar You're not going to get Leila You're going to get uh, Leila punya abang Andak And I was very disappointed <laughs> <sighs> I thought 
was good at this. <laughs> I've never done this before, and this is my first time doing it. So I thought I would be amazing. Disappointed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but when I, we finally read the full script and we went into rehearsals, I much I found out much I'm oh one dot actually banyak juga line I had to memorize all this. Uh, so I I went through the whole thing and I I, I did my best and I had so much fun. I I really liked the process and I um, uh, performed it, loved it, and then much like that's when much like the 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 stage bug bit me, I guess mm-hmm. as they would say uh, in theater world, and um, I wanted to stage. Anything after that, which I really wanted to be on stage again. I wanted to do, perform, play in a theater again soon as I could, and I bugged my lecturer, yang buat lelama yang tu, director lelama yang tu, cemadum bilah nak buat lagi. And you know, I do plan plan, but uh, you know, plan never fell through. Uh, but. Uh, You know, and one of my main life regrets was, which um, I always back then, in in teacher training, I always always waited for other people to initiate these theater things. And now I realize, which um, I didn't have to wait. I could have just did it. I could have just organized something. I could have just started something and made something happen if I wanted it so bad. So much I'm you know, thinking back at it, much I'm oh I just didn't have the the sight or the courage and the foresight or the courage to make that make things happen for myself. Uh, that was the first time. The second time, the the first time was 2009. The second time was 2017. Ooh, yeah, big so gap. it was an eight year gap. Yeah, <laughs> as my I fell in love with it in 2009. That's why I waited eight years <laughs> to do it a second time. Yeah, uh, that was when I moved to from Binang to Shahalam and uh, started going around auditions and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, failed. All of them except one, which was the one that I got lah, the short play, stage in Revolution stage, uh, called Amo, written by Umar Azizi, directed by Jamal Raslan, and uh, yeah, I I acted in that one, really liked the process again, uh, and have been. And that's when I was also introduced to Revolution stage and what they were doing, and found out that they. Had classes, signed up for directing classes, signed up for acting classes, and stuff like that. Mm. So I have been trying to continue to be on stage ever yeah. since. That's what that's what people don't understand. They think, oh, you're an actor, you're talented, but what they don't know is the rejection. Yeah, they yeah, they try and try and try again, and people not believing you, so to speak, just because you don't match whatever vision that they have for yeah, the character. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but when people see as an outsider, wow, you're so talented. Oh, kau ada rupa, boleh ya? And that kind of thing is just assume that everything's easy, but the the battle is an uphill. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Much um, yeah. nobody ever told me that being an actor was uh, 99% rejection. Yeah. Uh, but now I know that, and uh, I kind of have to live with it, I guess. Yeah, like like you said just a few minutes ago, like you you could start at anything. And you're a writer. You can start writing your own stuff, exactly. your own material, and act on your own material. Yeah. But do I do it? No. 
Maybe soon. <laughs> Why not? Malas. Speaking speaking of acting, right? Have you have you seen Joker? I have. Well, what do you think of your Queen Phoenix? I just want to hear your opinion, your your thoughts on his acting. Queen Phoenix? Yeah, yeah. Amazing, world class, one of the best to ever do it, man. Do it, uh, done Joker, play Joker, act in general. Yeah, <laughs> I think he. Yeah, I don't know, man. Much um, he's just very, very good. Do you think acting is being or acting is acting? You think we have to be a, to a certain extent a psychopath uh, to play the Joker? Between action and cut, yes. Mm-hmm. If you're acting on the screen, between action and cut, you definitely have to be as much of that as you can. Um, but for me, much I'm a good actor, or at least the kind of actor that I want to be, lah. Outside of action and cut, I don't have to be that. Mm. You know, I can much I'm be much I'm. Contain whoever that Damn, that's, character that is, is hard. Is between action and cut. It's hard. Yeah. Which people don't realize. People, re- uh, I think, what people assume, Ella, you know, you if somebody is twenty four hours in a day, that character, that's hard. Mm. But for me, yeah, to be able to snap into that character and then snap out of it, that's even harder. Yeah. Because. You know the work that goes into getting into that mind state, and also getting out of it, yeah. is just insane. Yeah. And uh, Hakim Phoenix to be able to do it, and I've seen much um, interviews of him after you know after uh, filming it and trying to go on talk shows and promoting it. He's a very bad talk show guest. <laughs> he's he's just. Much um, all the hosts are just struggling to get anything out of him, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but that's not his job. His job isn't to be on talk shows. His yeah. job is to act. Yeah. And for to to put him in in a situation where he has to be on a talk show is is, is when he doesn't want to. He obviously doesn't want to be there, but he has to because you know that's just the name of the game. You know, you have to promote your stuff mm. because you know you're. Studio wants to make the money back, and the, one of the best ways to do that is to put you in front of a mm-hmm. and a, a different kind of audience, so that as many people know about the movie as possible. But you know, him as an actor, man. Ugh, if I could, if I could get like ten percent of his ability, him I'd, versus Heath I'd Ledger, be great. Um, Heath Ledger was amazing, of course. Mm-hmm. Heath Ledger. A very different Joker, mm. also very 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 good. Mm. One of the best as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, do you think Jared Leto, um, Jared Leto, on the other hand, has not gotten enough space to get the name for himself? What name? As a Joker, because he's he's he has been a pun, you know, a lot of puns. Right, like that, he's the worst Joker out there, or whatever. Right, but I think it's because his screen time is not enough. I feel. No? Disagree. 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 If Heath Ledger or Joaquin Phoenix got the same amount of screen time, bringing the characters that they brought to Dark Knight and Joker respectively, they would still be viewed as amazing. I think, mm. you know, and if. Jared Leto brought whatever he brought to Suicide Squad to 
a you know a joker todd phillips parking phoenix length two hours of screen time type movie it would be just two hours of me wanting to leave lah i think no offense to jared lito i know jared lito also subscribes to this podcast <laughs> You know, Jared. Yeah. You know, I know yeah. you and Milo are pals and everything. Stick, stick to your music, you, pal. You, your friends <laughs> and I. I. I actually think Jared Leto is a very good actor. Oh yeah. He was just a very bad joker. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's fine. You don't have to be amazing at every role you do. Mm-hmm. I think Jared Leto uh, can act the pants of anybody. Mm. Or maybe, not, or maybe the lady overpowers. Suicide Squad What is her name? Uh, Harley Quinn Margot yeah, Robbie Yeah yeah, I think she overpowers The whole thing Even Will Smith uh, Like quite under I don't know I don't know Will Smith I'm a fan of Will Smith mm. And Will Smith You know I know you watch The podcast too uh, You watch Specifically on YouTube Sahaja <laughs> uh, I know you don't Listen very much To uh, Spotify Or whatever uh, Because you're a YouTube star now Of course yeah, You have to look at Your competition Like yeah, yeah. like this podcast All this time He has 24 uh, hours In a day <laughs> He doesn't sleep uh, uh, But uh, Will Smith He's amazing I He's one of my Macam top Idola lah mm. Sebagai actor Macam Who do I want to be As good as I want to be as good as Will Smith mm. um, But Will Smith dalam Suicide Squad I just felt like he was just it it came off to me lah I don't know if he was actually doing this but it came off to me as if he was just really just phoning it in yeah. mm-hmm. it was just nah whatever this mm-hmm. is you know what oh, 10 million okay okay I'll do it yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing or maybe he's like oh that's not enough so I'm not going <laughs> to overperform 10 million what am I and, um, oh yeah when when and where do you do you meet Taka oh you met on the internet yeah uh, a friend of mine posted uh, a video of her one of her songs uh, dekat Facebook at the time 2012 mm. and I you know fell in love with the song lah fell in love with the songwriting I thought it was beyond anything I had heard from anything in Malaysia at the time and I thought wow this person's a genius mm. then I listened to a second song and I th- was even more impressed by that second yeah. song I was like what there's a song that's even better than that one yeah and you made it and this too? was all on Facebook it was, uh, on YouTube mm-hmm. yeah. and and so macam, I tweeted about her I said macam, guys watch this person because she's amazing and uh, she replied to that tweet and then we uh, moved the conversation to the DMs and then we moved the conversation to Skype and then we moved the conversation to WhatsApp and now we're still talking on WhatsApp <laughs> I'm we both like to describe each other as each other punya best friends and I feel like that's a very good way of describing it. Our mm. relationship is a lot like a That's a dream, isn't it? A best friendship. Um I guess. Mm. I have had a, a many a best friend in my life so far. And uh, you know, again I'm very privileged to be able to say that. And uh, not often uh, has it come around that uh, 
the person that you are interested in being best friends with is also the person that you are interested in having a romantic relationship with mm. and uh, it just so happened that it happened here mm-hmm. uh, with me and Taka and uh, we've been trying to maintain that for years now mm. and also I also see the rise of um, her interest in acting as well and, it, <laughs> and, and it's, it's nice to see that you guys are climbing it climbing the ladder and the hustle together she doesn't like acting oh yeah all. yeah she does not like acting but all. she does it but she does it because wow. people pay her to do it wow because she's you know living that freelance life mm. you get money where you get money mm-hmm. you know? and if people want to pay her to be in front of the camera then she'll do it she'll hate doing wow. it but wow, she'll do wow, it wow wow <laughs> okay she doesn't like acting her her main thing is music and if you mm. tell her to do music She'll be fine. And then the podcast. Mm, Your podcast. My podcast. It's booming. Is it? Yeah, booming it's like putra. a lot of listeners out there like Boom. paying attention to your podcast. Booming Putra Rockers. Yeah. How how was the idea like okay, I mean obviously you're a uh, big fan of listening to podcasts, right? Yeah, man. And then what what was your decision like like okay, let's just do this. You want to do it? A mic and record? Uh, <laughs> I started listening to podcasts probably in 2008. 14. I don't know. You're, you're, you're a pioneer uh, in anything you I do. Don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, uh, I do like pie. <laughs> uh, so when I have pie near, I eat that shit. Uh, but. Uh, what was I talking about? Podcast. Podcast. Oh, so I started listening to podcast in 2014, uh, and I I fell in love with the format. I really liked how much space you get to explore stuff mm. in podcast, and how deeply people go into conversations in podcast, and how natural it sounded like when people were having conversations through podcast. And I liked that. I got to be involved in a conversation without anybody expecting me to say anything. Mm. <laughs> I really like that element to it as well. I mean, I guess unless you opt for sponsorship, then the game changes, right? Yeah, the game changes. Are you looking into that? From Monopoly to yeah. Scrabble. The from Scrabble to Monopoly. From Scrabble to, you know, Hopscotch. <laughs> Sahiba. Sahiba. <laughs> local. Yeah, yeah, Support yeah. Support local. So, no, no sponsors ever. Uh, we've had one singular sponsor mm. uh, for how many episodes do we have now? 130 episodes. Mm. We have had one sponsor well, sponsoring two episodes, which is Studio Niva. Uh, it's over there. I'm mm. not gonna go get it. Mm. Uh, their earphone, uh, they're an earphone brand, uh, and they emailed us saying, "Which I'm, hey, would you like a pair of wireless earphones each?" Uh, just mention us in two of your episodes, and we'll give them to you. And we thought, okay, why not? And so we did that, and yeah, no, no, no more sponsors after that. <laughs> okay, and then um, with uh, what is it called? Comedy, uh, comedy, stand up, stand up oh. comedy. Okay, that is your 
Oh, uh, like next gig, right? That's the thing that you want to go for next. Apart I would like to do more stand-up comedy. Unfortunately, mm. for stand-up comedy, it's a lot like macam uh, theater in the sense that you have to write something before you go on stage. Mm. You can also go on stage without writing anything. Improv and stuff. Uh, but but uh, you know, there's no trying to do stand-up. Uh, improvised stand-up is very hard. Mm. I don't. I don't know how people do that. Mm. Um, it's like freestyling rap. Yeah, rap. I'm terrible at freestyling rap. Yeah. Just uh, drop a beat and watch me sock. <laughs> uh, but I do. I have been involved in a lot more improvised comedy at the Joke Factory Publica. As of last year, mm. August last year, I started doing it. Do you know whose line is it anyway? Or yeah. Super spontan or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that uh, kind of format. Yeah, that format where you know there's a lot of small games that you mm. play throughout the show, right? Yeah. Uh, the Joe Factory has a show like that uh, every Wednesday called Making Shit Up, and I have done a lot of those mm-hmm. I've done like upwards of 30 of those shows I think and I do still do that every every now and again is today Thursday? Today yes it is no oh, I did it yesterday mm-hmm. yeah I just did it yesterday night uh, I'm, uh, am I gonna do it next week also? I don't know <laughs> but you know usually on Wednesday nights I do make it a point to do making do Perform at making shit up, which is short form comedy, short form improvised comedy. Sorry, uh, and once a month, uh, we've been doing it for probably four or five months now. Mm. There is long form improvised comedy at the Joke Factory Juga with the Pinball Monkeys, which I, I am proud to say that I am a part of. Uh, long form improvised comedy pula. Is different from whose line is it anyway? Because whose line is it anyway is very short mm. and much after Drew Carey buzzes you off and then you habis lah that end. Yeah. Long form improvised comedy, uh, it works like this: uh, there are four or five improvisers on stage, and we ask for a one-word suggestion from the audience, whatever the suggestion. Contohnya, dia kata kerusi, and then. We talk about kerusi a little bit, like in a podcast. Mm. So, macam kerusi benda ni, kerusi benda tu, and then we start making uh, full scenes berdasarkan kerusi. Ooh, so it's interesting. Yeah, so it's an hour, an hour and a half, just about kerusi tu, and that's it. And we just make everything up on the spot. That is fun. That is like the it, ultimate. It has been fun. Dream for yeah. a performer. Yeah. Right. It, it has been fun. Uh, we've been doing it for four or five months now. It's always been a fun time. Uh, and if people want to check that out, you can go to the Joke Factory punya Instagram and see lah when the next show is. Mm-hmm. It's every month. Cuma. On which Thursday of the month? We're not sure. Right. It's it differs from month to month. And then now, sort of your full time job is with um, the lucky. Yeah. How it, how does that gig go about? Uh, like you create content for them. Yeah, yeah. About 
men I guess two lucky yeah four four men uh, targeted at uh, Malay speaking men aged 18 to 29 so yeah we just do I as a video producer just make videos that I want to make anyway so you hit record you edit you write a script no, you no, no. I, I produce I write uh, I host uh, we have a video editor and videographer on board uh, they're the same person so, mm-hmm. uh, so they record and edit that that side the the more technical side it's them the more you know creative side is so prior me. to this opportunity this job did not exist right no so it was created for you no it wasn't created no? for me it was created for uh, this company that we're sitting in lah oh okay uh, Ripple Media mm. Ripple Media uh, sebelum ni dikenali sebagai Media Prima Radio right. uh, Media Prima Radio has all the Media Prima Radios lah Hot FM Fly FM One FM and Cool FM uh, but then they rebranded becoming Ripple Media so uh, on top of having these four radios they also have seven digital media brands uh, The Lucky is one of those seven digital media brands mm. Uh, so the the brand the Lakini the company was created and once the brand was created macam they started looking for people to make stuff for the brand lah mm. and I happened to send in my resume and then you got it and then I got the job wow yeah like now that you're leaving your passion do you think like it's important to once in a while do stuff for free Or, or do you ba- how do you balance it out like okay I like this should I do it for free or every opportunity has to be a paid one um uh I know this is a tougher question to because ultimately do whatever you want macam I know about the free and tak mau about the free kok sekarang but for me myself uh, I I try to keep to uh making decisions based off if it is free in what other ways is it providing value for me because sometimes uh, those free things uh, I'm told to do them for free because I don't deserve to get paid to do them in the first place point <laughs> you know contohnya uh, like uh, playing I play in a band I play guitar for Pasca Sini a pop punk band from Damansara and um Uh, now we're kind of in the middle of uh, playing uh, a lot of uh, unpaid shows, oh, sadly. <laughs> uh, but uh, only because we feel, uh, kind of we feel, but we kind of justify it in a way that says, "Macam, we're not huge. Macam, if we're on the poster." Maybe two people will come, <laughs> you know, because because that's the kind of pulling power that Pastasini has, and so because of that, uh, then the organizers are probably not going to get a huge return on investment just because we're there. So, macam for them to pay us. A big amount, pun, which I'm unjustified for them, lah. So we kind of get it, which I'm okay. You're not gonna pay us a thousand ringgit for this show because, you know, you're not gonna make that money back. <laughs> uh, so we understand why you would 
not pay us for that show, you know. So uh, we we live with it, lah. Um, but for let's say other jobs, uh, I I try not to do any jobs yang free that I know I've done enough free stuff. Uh, to not have to do it anymore Contohnya macam uh, Hosting jobs I never do them for free anymore Because first of all I don't enjoy it that all that much Hosting is not acting Hosting is hosting yeah. And I Letihnya <laughs> hosting I don't like it a lot And so macam To To Get me to get over that dislike of hosting. You have to give me some money, lah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. to get me. That happens, yeah, right? When you do, mood. yeah. That happens when you do things that you don't quite like, and then you get good at it. Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of suck because people want you to do it again and yeah, again yeah. and yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, then you can charge people for it. Yeah. Uh, and if you can live with uh, selling your soul like that, then it's fine. Contohnya, uh, uh, another example would be teaching. I hate teaching, but if somebody said, uh, you know, come teach at this seminar for one day, and we're gonna pay you X amount of ringgit, and if that X is a big X, I'm like double X. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. All right, I'll apply for cuti on that day. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, so, but if. If I like that thing, if I like it so much, contohnya macam macam performing music, ah, macam I really like mm. playing music, mm. and I really like playing music to audiences. Mm. Um, and if somebody allows me to do that in front of an audience, you don't have to pay me to do it because I love doing it anyway, mm. you know. And if you let me do it, I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, up to a point where I know that. It doesn't make sense for me to do it for free anymore, lah. Contohnya, let's just fantasize here and say that just because pasca sini is on the bill, we know that a guaranteed 150 people will come. Then it doesn't make sense for us to play it for free anymore mm. because you know that at least that amount of people are going to buy tickets for it, and we um, have a right to get a cut of that. Mm. Because that's us. Yeah, that's our contribution to your show. And if you're the only one profiting off of it, it's not very fair. Mm. Uh, so that's the way I kind of think about it, lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now now that you are in the middle of like sort of the grind and in the digital age, social media and all that, now it's famously out there that um, people are comparing themselves to others and then. Creating un unintended anxiety, can in the result of comparing Could themselves to others. Yeah. So how do one so stop that? Stop comparing. Stop the anxieties. Oh, go to therapy. <laughs> uh, get professional help. Um, I guess you're pretty mature. I feel to even feel this conflict. At this day and age, but the early twenties people who are just starting out, you know, they they tend to see what their friends are doing. Yeah, I think I do that too. I I compare myself all the time, and I get anxious about it all the time as well. Um, it's just that I keep it to myself most of the time. Uh, 
uh, I either keep it to myself or I keep it to I if I if I do tell about these anxieties to anyone, I tell them to the people closest to me, and I know they wouldn't. You know, make a Twitter thread about it. Anwar sebenarnya macam ni ini adalah thread. Because you know, I I know that feelings are temporary. You know, and I try to remind myself of that. And um, in in I try to see the bigger picture. I try to remind myself that. The, what's important isn't the results. What is important are the, the processes that take place. What is important is that I focus on my performance. And these are lessons that I got from uh, my coach, my rugby coach, uh, also known as my father, <laughs> who was my rugby coach. Uh, he kind of taught me and the rest of my team that I we should not focus on the results so much because if you focus on the results your performance will suffer if you focus on your performance your results will come you know because you can't really control your results the results are out of your hands but your performance is within your control you can control how you perform uh, a lot more than you can control the results You know, so focus on that. Focus on what you can control. Focus on what you do. Focus on what you write, what you produce, what you, how you conduct yourself, how you talk to other people, uh, and focus on making good stuff, uh, and focus on improving. And if you stay focused on those things, eventually the results will come. Maybe lambat. But you know, if you're really focusing on improving, and if you are really improving, then people will notice and people will appreciate. It's most importantly improve yourself day by day, right? Yeah, it's hard to do. Yeah, I try not to. Uh, it's hard for me to do day by day, so I try to take it by week, lah. Hmm. Right. <laughs> I know we're running out of time, short shortage of time. Oh, this is where I flip the script and let you ask me any question, man. Running out. Yeah. Muse. Why am I talking so much about Muse? I actually don't like Muse all yeah. that much. Do you? Back in the day, yes. 2008. It was 11 years ago. Okay. I, it was a phase in the high school years where we jam Muse. Um, time is running out. Plug in baby. Yeah, we had to go. We had to go through that phase, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I remember this one time in uh, teacher training college. Some music students uh, asked me, "Macam, like, ano? Dengar muse tak?" And I was like, "No, I don't listen to muse." Macam, like, oh, rugi, rugi besar dalam hidup. And I was like, dalam hidup. Nah, macam for me, once they said that, I thought, "Macam, like, okay, now I'm never gonna listen to muse <laughs> again." Uh, do you so you play instruments juga lah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you play? I play guitar and I used to play. I used to try to play drums. That was the first attempt because I couldn't afford guitar and drums was f- uh, cheaper in a way. Where you go to jamming studios, you gotta chip in with everyone. Yeah. Do you have your songs anywhere on the internet? Probably 2020. 
2020 oh, okay yeah so i had this phase of okay um theater okay um podcast okay videography year and then next year is my music year interesting yeah so so my my like it's interesting to hear you do it your way my way has been yearly different things to see how i whether i like it or not because i have the same voice inside of my head maybe i should do it maybe i should not but let's just do it anyway oh shit i hate it you know for example videography it looks it's fun to make your own video it's fun to create content per se but to be a videographer is not that much fun for me other people can enjoy it they can stay long hours for like until 6 a.m. in the morning and then they you know sleep daytime and I wake up do it again but I can't and I realize that now and it's time to make a switch and reset and soon you know and it it, it will happen and yeah the next thing will be music I see mm. you're going to put out your singer songwriterly material on on SoundCloud No, I'm I'm gonna do it uh, visually. Yeah, because it's Beyonce. Beyonce. Like lemonade. Oh, right. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I will. I hope to enjoy the the process because I don't know how you feel like to put yourself musically out there. It's different from being an actor because music is more personal. I feel. It's more about you rather than performing about something else. Yeah, I've tried um, performing as well, theater, and I like it. I enjoy it. It's just materials don't come about as often, and also like roles don't fit as often. So I think we're on the same boat on that. Mm. Nah, I feel like I'm on the Titanic. <laughs> I think you should do comedy for life like like you have that that <laughs> that spontaneous yeah. instinct. Well, I try. Can I tell even though this is where uh, you flip the script mm. and you're supposed to do most of the talking, can I can I uh, can. be a narcissist and talk some more? Sure. <laughs> uh I I always thought that I was never a person who could even attempt to be funny. Mm. Uh, I grew up in a family that had a very funny father. My father was constantly making everybody laugh. Which oh. I'm in family gatherings, uh, always making my aunts and uncles and cousins laugh. He was always making his students laugh. He was make always making us laugh. And um, uh, and my brother, my little brother, who's the same age as you, by the way, uh, he plays in Bastianini too. He plays the bass. Cool. He was always much um from a very young age naturally just funny making everybody laugh much um every second sentence he says is hilarious. Um so I always felt like I was living in their shadows a little bit much um in in terms of making people laugh. Mm. I thought that I knew nev- I would never be able to make people laugh in the way that they did. And it's true I I can't. I don't think I do. Am I don't think I am able to make them laugh, make people laugh in the way that they do because they do it in a way that's very much um, I don't know, pure and 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 much um, oh, so nice, and and the way I had to do it was through podcast lah. Sebenarnya, mm. I started listening to Improper Humans, Comedy Bang Bang, Spontaneous Nation, 
you know, welcome to our podcast, uh, dynamic banter. I listen to all these comedians on podcasts, doing comedy on podcasts. I listen, 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 and I I kind of steal mm. what they do. Which I'm oh oh this is. How they make laughs happen, and this is how that person makes that laugh happen, and that's how that person make that laugh happen, and so macam I I take mm. I take from them, and then macam towards the second half of my twenties, macam twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, baru I I started trying these things out, and started really trying to make other people laugh in the way that I'm doing right now, or, or at least I'm trying to do right now. Um, and and being on stage trying to make people laugh at the joke factory you got and stuff like that it's it's because macam for me it's a learned skill lah. for me i was never born a funny person i don't think i was i think like i said i was very shy and like just was in the background most of my life mm. so you know and i had to very deliberately learn and fail and fail and fail and fail and not be funny for a long time yeah. before I started succeeding yeah. <laughs> in making getting the laughs that I wanted. Um, and now I'm still learning lah. Mm. I'm still trying and trying and trying. Uh, and that's the end of that. So I just wanted to express how. I don't think I'm a funny person. I just. I guess you grew up in a fam- family of comedians, you know. Quote unquote. Yeah, quote unquote comedians natural, naturally funny. So you are exposed to it almost every day throughout your life. So it's your natural um, body language or instincts to go that direction. Yeah, I I do And want to. Macam, hey, look at these people who make other people happy all the time. I want to make other people happy too. Yeah. So I want to do that, but I never knew how mm. until I started listening to podcast lah. Mm. And if anybody wants a podcast suggestion for me, it's Comedy Bang Bang. But of course, you knew that. Yeah, one right. Uh, but yeah. uh, can I ask you one more question? Sure. Uh, I don't know. You might edit this out. Uh, in your uh, WhatsApp, mm-hmm. <laughs> your profile picture <laughs> is a swastika, and you with a Hitler mustache. Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. That's that's the most original question anyone has ever asked me on the podcast. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> I would think that this because when I got that text from you, I was like, "What is up with this picture, man?" <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, with with um, it was it it wasn't anything um sensitive. It wasn't anything on Hitler at all. Okay, yeah. even though. Yeah, it was a swastika. It was a, yeah, yeah. It was mustache. it was trying to be funny. It it's also it's like it's funny to think knowing me playing myself as a Hitler, you know, a Muslim a Muslim boy from Malaysia, who who if he portrays himself as Hitler, people still find it sensitive when it, my anger is actually trying to be funny. You know, but it shows that um, creativity has its limit, and I don't like limits. So I I do it I do that intentionally. O- although that photo has been around for three years, 
first year it was the first like week it was quite sensitive it reached my german friends you have german friends yeah how do you have german friends because i used to do I, i used to go backpacking and stuff oh nice yeah so much um yeah so it's interesting what did they say they're like not they funny my guten tag and then they're like some 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 asked me do you know the history of hitler do you mm. know what this guy actually does i'm like okay shit everyone is being i understand i understand the the history and the sensitive part of things but yeah there's an upcoming movie actually and i just found out my one of my favorite director taika waititi oh taika waititi jojo yeah. rabbit yeah jojo rabbit and he's playing that so i'm i can't wait for that cuz people think now that um people who are just recently aware of that photo thinks that I am imitating Taika Waititi. I see. Where whereas it's like it's been 3 years and I I find it funny how like sort of I'm not trying to be boastful or short scenery but great minds think alike in a way. Yeah. I think he he sees it in a comedic way as well. It would be funny to to play that character. Okay. Yeah. I am very looking forward to watching Jojo Rabbit as well. Yeah, me too. Okay, um, before I, I I close on the pod, I mean like I end the podcast. Where do, I want to ask you one one slightly heavier question that might not need a, a heavy answer from you. Uh, around 80 kilograms. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that Malaysia's creative industry is going nowhere with with the limitation that has been set upon us that we can't do this, we can't, for example, make a comedy out of Islam, we can't. Say this, offend these people, or maybe, like a lot of things has its restrictions. I myself find that it is limiting to our growth. But what what do you think? You know, I I I acknowledge that it's complex. I don't think there's a simple answer to to that question. I I do think that. People are able to work around those limitations to come up with very good stuff, and uh, and people have succeeded in the past already. Much um, one of my favorite 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 films uh, uh, from Malaysia of all time, Ella Talent Time by Yasmin Ahmad. She made Talent Time without you know. Not breaking any of the finas regulations or anything like that. It's still wonderful. It's still beautiful. Makes me cry. Mm. Makes me laugh. It's just complete. Yeah, wonderful piece of art. Um, uh, there's also you know, movies such as Guang, very high quality movie as well. The artistic kid, right? Yeah, that one, the artistic mm. uh, kid. Yeah. Um, which is also very beautiful a wonderful doesn't go against any of the restrictions that are put on them by finas or the malaysian governmental body mm. of course we would like more wiggle room i think because we we would, uh, but for me dia bukanlah penghalang yang mutlak it's not good art can still prevail despite all those limitations i sincerely believe that uh in film in music so many good music albums have been produced mm jam hujan's first three 
Batu Fingers kembali yang selamat tinggal dunia hmm. uh, The Venopian Solitude uh, Lost Tekesima uh, Hectic uh, Jackfast Beats uh, Iqbal M uh, You know and the list goes on and on Just A lot of very good Malaysian music M. Nasir yeah. Everything M. Nasir has put out Has been gold Yeah Uh, exactly yeah. You know So macam And They all did that In the Malaysian context as well mm. They found ways around it uh, They found ways to prevail uh, So there, For me There is enough evidence to suggest That these limitations Do not Stop Good art From happening It's just A matter of Do we allow space for this good art to receive the amount of attention that they need in order to thrive, in order to be better, mm. in order for the potential of good art to be turned into uh, the reality of good art, mm. you know? So, like, I feel like Malaysia has a lot of potential to more... Uh, people need to take notice lah Of uh, all that good art And ultimately In this uh, capitalistic System that we have The ones that prevail Are the ones that sell the most yeah. Unfortunately um, But I would hope that There would be room For Art that doesn't Quote unquote sell To also be part of uh, the Malaysian community punya punya space mm. and 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 conversations that we have and allow are allowed room to breathe in the masyarakat punya roh or mm. or consciousness yeah yeah i don't know what i'm saying at this point i i know i understand <laughs> fully i feel like i admire your spirit and The fact that you are living the conventional life unconventionally, you know, like you are doing sort of the nine to five, but also you are living the creative life and you're maneuvering around the limitations that have been set upon you, which can be can be has been taken a toll on you creatively, I I think, but at the same time you made it work, and I admire you that for I'm that. Trying, I'm trying. Thank yeah. you, thank you for saying nice things. Cool, thank you so much for being part of Hello Hello Kopi Kamilo podcast, man. Always, no you're a legend. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you right. for saying that. Kopi Kamilo, bro. Kopi, man. Kopi all the way. Right. But only once a day, or else I get anxiety attacks. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Thanks, man. Cheers. Hello Hello Kopi Kamilo podcast. Kamilo Fico, so.